0: Well, day there and welcome to the Oak City Church podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today for another encouraging message from our Sunday gatherings of Oak City Church. If we can connect with you in any way, please see us at oakcitychurch.com.au or check out our socials online. We hope to see you in person soon. Continuing um, after our picnic a week after on the, the next three, we thought it was a really good way to start the year instead of like year Year resolutions, which I never choose because I just fail and I feel bad about myself. <laughs> so, but we thought values is different, and we um, so we wanted to start here. Who are we as a church? Um, and maybe these are familiar for you, maybe they're not. I was challenged in writing this. There's a few things of God. Has really highlighted for me and I'm hoping we'll do the same because I never really want to you know you don't want to waste your time talking it's not going to impact your week um, so when we church planted over three years ago I remember the first thing that goes through your head is who what why why and really God. you kind of sit with that really are you really calling us to plant a church with a small group of people um, but after you accept the call this is the next question is really who are we Who are you creating us to be God? And as you know me pretty well, I think most people, I'm pretty action-orientated, so I don't like talking about it for too long. So I was like, great, our values, let's get our values, let's write down, yeah, 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 it's good, and then let's get on with it.
1: And annoyingly,
0: God slowed down the process, and he's like, no, no, I want you guys to live this out. For the first 10 months or something, I don't know what it was, I want you to live it out, um, practice with each other, how to do these things and it's a bit harder like i get theory i can write it down and they sound great I've been church my life for doing my sleep like, but living it out is like oh, it's just a bit slow so we <laughs> practice doing these things but as we know the foundations is so 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 important and god has taken our community this community his community on a slow journey of going start here these need to be in place before you do anything this is overflow of who we are. Um, we were in the city uh, at the start of last year and I remember all this noise and looking through like a peephole, it was down um, near the harbour I don't know if you guys have seen, I know there always in construction, but I had a little look down there and there was this massive hole in the ground and they were all digging this hole up and then a few months later we were back having ice cream in the city as you do um, on a Thursday night and I thought oh it surely should be up. Let's say we look at the progress. And you look down the peephole and they're still digging this hole. And I was like, How many months does it take to dig a hole? Come on, like there's the action orientated me, the doer. It's like, let's get on with it. But again, um, I know I'm not very mathematical. I know enough to go, obviously, it must be important. The digging of the hole. And it feels counterproductive because you're going backwards, right? And that's what our first three years of time, secretly, you know, I felt like, like how long is this going to take, God? We're going backwards. It's not because God is actually doing something, so we're not just building on sand. We're building on him, building on rock. But it is only as good as we practice it. Um, so I'm really excited. You know, I've seen some churches, and I actually believe in all of these things that they say. You know, our our values are have good teaching, great worship. Which, of course, we have great worship, Alex, you do an awesome job, and have an A class billion dollar facility. But the problem with that is you can have great t- teaching, you can have the best sermons and not impact the city, you can have the best worship and not love your neighbour, and you can have the multi billion dollar facility, which I still like open to if anyone knows we not going to say no. <laughs> But you can have those things and be insular, think of yourself. So we want to put out these kind of like challenges. Will you join us? And we already believe that you are, have joined us. Will you join us on this messy journey to go, we want to live these out. We don't want to just go yapping away, talking about these things, we want to live it out and hold us to account this as well. It's very easy to just live religiously. So the first one I love, I love all the values of us a have um, relentless grace. Um, I love grace because it's countercultural. It's beautiful, it's selfless, it's a free gift we are the receipt for, we can give. Um, and I love that Jesus' very nature is grace. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Um, and let me tell you a story. We've just been on holidays. And I'm so sorry for the minds. I hate You you share about story uh, story of holidays. We haven't had a holiday, so I apologise for the ones who's been working selflessly through this break. But we did have a break in Tasman, and I know it's kind of like unthinkable to complain about a holiday, but I'm about to do it. I got really sick of my family. (laughs) It's almost like a business trip when you're like a full-time though obviously. Not always full time, up, but that was one thing. Like, this is great. was like with everyone, I was with like Charlie, I was with the like kids. And there was one day I was trying to justify, like, hey, you're an just be grateful. Like, you shouldn't be like this. Like, just, it's all good. Like, it's fine. And then one day, because I hadn't voted out, I just snapped. And it was actually really destructive. And I'm not proud of um, what happened in that moment. As I said things to the kids, I mean, Charlie's pretty used to it, so I think I, I forgive him. But I <laughs> did. I said things to the kids, and the was. Horrendous. And I couldn't believe the words came out of like, my mouth. Instantly, I regretted it. I said sorry pretty soon after. And I just felt really ashamed. I was like, Holy moly, like, this is like the one rule mom should say to the kids. I'll give you some point. I was like, You, like, why am like this? <laughs> is getting it. And the amazing thing that God ministered to my heart and the kids ministered to my heart is they forgave me. And they did just forgive me. But they offered grace. and they were so gentle. And they were like, you know what? It's okay. I'd made them so upset that they cried, and after a few hours, I was still feeling really bad. So I kind of sat up and said, like individually, I'm really, really sorry. And one of the kids said to me, like, honestly, it's okay. We all stuff up. I know sometimes when I'm so angry, I just I lose my mind for a bit. It's okay. It's really okay." And in that exchange, I honestly felt this release of the shame that I was holding onto. that my kids had ministered to me in that moment of grace of like, I don't just, oh, i forgive you. It's actually, no, no, I forgive you. here, You don't deserve it, but here's the kindness. I love that grace cannot be earned. It's not by good works, it's a gift, it's undeserved, it's genuine and it's full of kindness. It's actually a sacred moment that goes on when we exchange grace. I know, um, with God there's been many moments that he's extended his grace to me. I had another moment which is a bit of a trend and everyone knows it that I can snap at times, let it go fester and then it snaps and then I end up you know digging myself a bit of a hole that I have to get out of um, But I bottled up some more anger towards God again trying to just, it's fine, it's fine, this is great. By that little high voice you know you're in trouble. <laughs> and, uh, called god every name under the sun i just absolutely exploded at me a few years ago um and then i almost felt like in his response like after i finished talking He was like yeah so now you are be so angry distant had all these expectations of what god going doing but he was closer he'd actually moved in and he whispered these words of affirmation and love now i'm not saying we go off and do what i do this is the unhealthy side of jess right but god's in that moment He wasn't intimidated by my stuff. He moved in like a close father. I don't know about you, but I don't know if you need to experience the grace of God. But in that moment, a sacred thing happens. A life-changing thing happens. Where from now on, almost all the time, I just come to God as I am. Because at that moment, he showed me my worst. and everything I said to him, he lent in with love. Not because I deserved it. The opposite. Because he is filled with grace in his very name. He is not intimidated by our shadows, And I want to say, grace is not, I said, it's a free gift. It also costs Jesus everything. You know? like So it's freely given to us, but it costs him everything. It's not something to be abused, um, but to re-receive and then passed on. It's not just for ourselves. When you've experienced Jesus, when you experience Jesus' grace, you begin to see people in a different light, in a non-judgmental way, in a loving way, a present, like become present to them, and a welcoming spirit happens when you experience the grace of God. I was sitting in a park the other day, obviously, you just heard about my irritation not having space for three weeks from anyone, and then I finally got an hour to myself to start writing the sermon a few days ago, and I thought, oh yeah, (laughs) this is gonna be, Jesus, you and me, and like spiritual moment. So I had the because we took her down to Tassie, but I'll take the dog, she's oh, it's fine. And as I like got my little table under this beautiful majestic tree, I was like, Lord, speak to me, <laughs> like, the moment. And I was like, I need a story of Grace, so I was praying to God. I was like, so story of Grace I use? And then in the corner of my eye, a bus rocks up and these people come down towards me and I was like, crap, is is too early to leave. Like, do I run now? Like, they, are they gonna talk to me? And this beautiful group of people came and I saw Lulu and I was like, it's too late, <laughs> it's hard <now." laughs> I can't escape. <laughs> and then I felt like God was like, if God does this, like, <laughs> like not in a weird way, it's probably about bad place, but like, this is your story of grace. How you respond in this moment is your story. It's not a theory, you're sitting there trying to come up with this idea. How you respond to people in the present moment is your story. And so I closed my notebook Knowing God was watching me, so I really couldn't, you know. What I was doing. But I decided to lean in, and for the next 40 minutes, instead of doing my sermon, I was actually doing my sermon because I was living it out. I can't come up here and talk to you guys about grace unless I extend that in my everyday. And so I chatted to these people, and it was awesome, and I was so interested, and they told me stories about, you know, the dogs they had in their life, and, and it was this beautiful thing of going. God is not a theorist; he's a we're practitioners. We've been doing BBC, which is building discipleship culture as a church, and we are really wanting to use the language, but the one jump away from me is that there is no theorists in the kingdom of heaven. There's only practitioners, we all are doers. We can't, we can't be up here, and theory is good, we need to live it out. I love in Ephesians, it says this, long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of to be made whole and holy by his love. Long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Christ Jesus, and what pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross we are free people free of the penalties and punishment punishments chalked up by our misdeeds and we're not just barely free either we are abundantly free oh, Come on. we can live with this reckless grace because he has extended that to us first we are free people and with that freedom and I'm going to talk about it in the next point as well we have an invitation of what you're going to do about it. If we've been given this freedom, how are we how is that going to change the everyday part of our life? And grace has a power, and I don't know where you're sitting if you need to receive the grace of God, or you may need to extend the grace of God, but let me tell you something, um, and I going to share this a little bit more, is that it's often the people you don't like that need grace. I mean, we all like our mates, right? But it's often the people that are challenging in our world. To where do we extend grace? Where is it undeserved? Where can we be kind and lean in? Grace is a posture that we carry. It's either a turning away and running like I wanted to depart. It it's not one sacred hour, or it's leaning in and actually practicing what I'm preaching about in everyday moments. Grace. Now, the second point is intimacy with God. And unfortunately, sorry, I'm a little bit out of order here. Um, that doesn't matter, does it, Charlie? <laughs> um, intimacy with God. Now, this is the mother dough of all mother doughs. Okay, <laughs> you all know what mother dough is. I would love to learn how to make sourdough just the same, but I don't think I have the skills. But it's the mothership. <laughs> intimacy with God is the thing that you can see in I'm so passionate <coughs> about this topic that if I could dance and talk at the same time, I would do it. But I can't; so I'll get out of way. But it is so, 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 so crucial. Sure. If you're going to listen to one thing, please listen to this. It has always been about closeness to God. Intimacy with God is a closeness to God. It starts here. It has to start here. It may feel foreign to you. It may feel uncomfortable. It may feel scary. You may be very comfortable, and you know a lot about this. Um, but recently I've been reading, on holidays, um, for a bit of light reading, a book called The Pressures Off, by Larry Crubb. And pretty much our world's been exploded uh, as a, in a good way. Uh, and it talks about the old way of living. If I do A, if I'm really good, I'll get B from God. I'll get the blessing of God, I'll have a happy, perfect life. And pretty much he breaks this down and as, he would, as I was reading this book, I felt like there was this mirror in my life and I was like, uh-oh. Like I said to Charlie, I uh-oh, uh-oh. It's coming for me, it's coming for me. <laughs> like, this is something that subconsciously I have been living in the old way of life. That I can somehow, not meaning to, manipulate God, that if I do the right things, life is going to be perfect. And my idol has actually become living a good life rather than living a life seeking the presence of God. The old way of doing things seems appealing, but it means that I am in control, that I get to control the actions and the outcomes. And let me expand on this a little bit. In Hebrews it says, yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. The old way where we had to earn it and we had to listen to the commandments, otherwise, you know, and then uh, sacrifice the lamb, it was weak and useless because we always fell short. So the problem with my idea of living the old way is if I try and earn God, earn God's love, is I'm gonna fall short, it doesn't work. And God knew that. And then it says, for the law never made anything perfect, but now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. Don't blaze over that line. But now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. There's an invitation for us to draw near to God. And there it doesn't say you have to do a hundred things. The whole point of what we read before is that we have the ability, we have the opportunity to come as we are to God. And can I tell you something? As we do that, as we come close to God as we are, He starts to rub rub off on us. We come to realize that we want to be more like Him. His love embraces us and our life begins to change. And we live in a law of liberty, the new way, and Jesus' way, which leads to intimacy. Jesus' way is, you don't need to earn this. I have already paid the price. I call you to live in my life. Does that make sense? I know I'm kind of saying a lot of things at the moment. And I realized that I was seeking God's blessings more than I was seeking his presence. And the problem with those relationships, have you guys ever been in those relationships? Maybe you are in the person, the perpetrator of that relationship where someone only comes to you because they need something, that begins to hurt in the end because it doesn't feel very genuine. And my prayer for our church is that we seek God for even the good things that he gives to us. Now, he will bless, he's a good father, he loves to bless, but he actually hungers for us to want him. You know why? Because otherwise people are excluded. Stuff happens in life, there is abuse, there is pain, there is death. There's all these things that God never designed and I've heard Christians say, I've had those things happen in my past. I must stay far away from God because he doesn't bless me. In fact, no, God actually wants you to draw close to him. There is pain in this world. A really funny and really embarrassing example for me, you know darling check a sing out from Hillsong. She used to be a Hillsong. Years ago, I don't know if you remember, she got breast cancer. And I just overheard someone saying this They said, oh, did you know that Darling Jet got breast cancer? And I literally yelled, we're all screwed. (laughs) 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 Because how my theology was all up. And then I realized, you know, I said that aloud, I was meant to be jealous. (laughs) I'm dead. Like if this woman, this holy woman, who's like, you know, in my eyes, it's like, again, it was like the worship leaders like cannot fault. If of a sudden she's got cancer, then I'm dead. i will going get hit by a bus in just a second. Like, I honestly had this much time, like it's an embarrassing story, but something came out of me then of going, you think you need to earn this by you know, being holy? And again, I'm not talking about God doesn't want bless, but there's no guarantees in that. There is pain, we experience pain. It's never part of God's plan. But one thing that doesn't move is his presence. He says, I am with you through it all i with you i love you and just because you've had hardships doesn't mean you've done the wrong thing think you cannot earn it. you cannot earn and so use that example we're in our lives are living in the old way that i must do the right thing in order to get god's love i want to encourage you um, to talk to us if you know this is a new concept because um, i know it brings up a lot of things for people some stories, but I feel like I'm throwing myself <laughs> under the bus <laughs> Um, The last one I'm going to talk about, I hope you're holding your me, it's very sweaty up here, um, is church as family. Now, this has got to be the churchiest of all slogans. Who hasn't heard this one in a church community? Church as family. Family. We're all church family. Like, it's, I don't, I don't particularly like it, but it's so good because I think I've heard it. T- Used too many times. We talk about it, churches can families, but we don't live it. And I don't think this community, I'm not saying that well, we don't live it, I think we're trying to move towards it, but it is so much harder in reality. Because if you think about your own families, unless anyone here is a liar, it's not very <laughs> neat. There's stuff that happens, there's blow-ups, there's annoying, people just bug you, right? It's not comfortable. But from the beginning, we realized that if we were a real church, spiritual community, that God was calling us to actually be family for one another. Um, and I want to say this is a tricky one. I think we need to get over as a church what makes us different and really connect to what unites us, which is that we are all God's kids, are we? Um, and there's so many times where I wonder inside my spirit how God loves someone. Have you ever had moments like that? We think he can't. That person is just too far gone. <laughs> we draw the line of who can be loved, of like that person can loved because they did this or that. I and mean, then sometimes it's really petty. Like I was down at Woolies and the people were being a bit rude to me like three times. So I decided to boycott Woolies and go to Coles. And our <laughs> was now is that ridiculous or what? But the thing is, um, it's in us all. We want to be part of a nice group, but as soon as it gets Hard or challenging, we want to bail. I want to bail. Sometimes I find it hard to come to church, and that's saying a lot. But the thing is, we come because we want to be committed to something that's more than just ourselves. The Western society and Western church, particularly, we're all about ourselves. We come to consume and we leave. That is not Oak City Church. Sorry. That we can't peak We don't have the resources or skill set. So you either come and you contribute. We, you know, it doesn't work because we can't kind of perform and I don't think God wants us to perform either I think he wants to, us to commit to loving one another even when it's tricky and there'll be a lot of joy and laughter I love that this community laughs together, if you were here on the Christmas thing with shaving cream, like I was in tears we put shaving cream all over poor Amy's face other people who just had shaving cream all over them, and were throwing things at them oh no, it was just shaving cream, cream all over their face I can't remember, but I remember just laughing and going this is part of the family this is what I want to be part of. Um, you know, sometimes Karen is going to leave her cup over here instead of, a, it's going to annoy you. You know, like, it's the pushing in. There's no Karen's in this church, that's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Jesus talks about we're not just called to love our mates. Even people who don't know God, they love their mates. We're actually called to go above and beyond um, for each other. In Romans it says, and I love that Paul was gets it, humans have not changed a bit, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Oh my goodness, he knows us too well because he was living it out too. It's so easy to pretend, but let's really love each other. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love un- love, sorry, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring one another. I love that, that we're not called to flattery but to actually pushing. And in year seven, the last embarrassing story. i kind of just but you guys have plenty of them today. But in year seven, I was at my peak insecurity ages, like you know, you think you know everything in year seven. But um, I had this group of friends through primary school. We all went to the same high school, and we were BFFs, and we were just like struggling to school together, thinking we were awesome. And then something happened where it broke my plan. Okay, I had a plan um, of how things should be, and a girl from church joined. Our, my high school, actually. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't too happy about it because I didn't particularly like this girl. But my religious side was like, I have to invite her into our group, right? Um, and so I didn't really want to, but again, I have been programmed to go, all right, we're gonna come, we can be part of our group, we can be in our group, but these are the conditions. And she obviously couldn't live into these conditions. She laughed too much at people's jokes. She was way too like walked too close to you when you were looking. I almost stopped that like that, that you. And I was really mean, but I said, "You're in the group, but there's conditions, right?" And pretty much, this person got her heart broken because Jess decided to be bullied. Not only was I a bad example to my other friends, who none of them knew Jesus, but I hurt this girl because I said, "You're in," but you're actually not. And in church circles, we want to be an open church, not like an open marriage, because that's just a bit weird. <laughs> so we want to be an open church, which pretty much goes, there's no clippiness here. We don't stick to our groups, because that can do damage. Um, and when we say to people, we're going to love you like family, you can't be like Jesse, you seven, and say, you're in, you really irritate me, so I'm going to passive-aggressively like stare at you, and then stare away, and then stare back. Like, that's not what we're about. Now I know I'm being ridiculous and dramatic here but unfortunately there's been many circumstances in church circles in particular where people go and they don't feel welcomed and I hate that. We actually open our arms to anyone and everyone. Come as you are, you are welcomed. You know why? Because Jesus has done the same to us. Um, and I love it. Even though I complain, I don't know, sometimes I feel like getting up on a Sunday morning, I'm committed to this group of people because I know God is committed to this group of people and not just this group people out there. And so our desire this year is to not only see what God is growing inside this room, but to let that infect the rest of that shocking use of the word. <laughs> <tell> uh, <laughs> it's contagious, no? Uh, impact, I'll go with that word. <laughs> <laughs> Outbreak. No. Uh, he'll impact the city. And being an evangelist, that's that's the next step, I think, that our church needs to take. Where can we just have a little go, have a little fail, get creative, and start telling people about Jesus through our works and our words. I'm so excited about that. So I'm going to pray. And before I pray, I'm just going to leave a little bit of silence. I know it's always a bit awkward. But I just want you guys to pray to God yourselves and say, God, out of this, relentless churches church's the intimacy with the Trinity, what here needs to come? What needs to change for me? What do I need to bring? And you know, there's going to be people available for prayer at the end. Charlie, myself, you know, Lorraine too, or anyone. You can grab anyone at any time. Please come and get prayer if something has just happened. You want to actually um, not even that, but you want to go deeper into that space. We're always available. Jesus, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you showed us what it means to live a life filled with grace and love, even when it was really hard. We ask for courage to say yes to you, to even die to ourselves and our own comfort and consumeristic nature. We pray that your spirit will equip us in our posture towards people say yes to people to move towards to lean in even when they may seem odd or different i pray that you will give us a spiritual uh, ability to love beyond ourselves that costs us and as a church we ask jesus that you help us be a community that opens our arms to anyone and everyone that we may love genuinely not pretend Really love. I pray that we will experience the grace that you have for us, and then extend it to one another. To people in our lives, at our workplaces, at the bus stop, at our cafes, people walking by, that we would extend something different. We would actually wear that heavenly crest of grace and love. Jesus, equip us for your mission want to be part of it, but we need you, Jesus. So I pray for that courage as a community and I thank you for this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Bye.